after uh, after a week like we've had, and after the loss that we've experienced. Friday night into Saturday night, just could not sleep through tears, hearing, hearing the goodness of God, That's, that particular song, it was one of Steve's favorites, he always wanted James to sing it in Spanish, right, so uh, it's like having that song running through, by the way, James doesn't know Spanish, <laughs> that was also the kicker, but he's, he's working on it, right, so uh, it's, uh, you know, as I'm, some laying there restless, thinking through these things, you know, the big question of why, it's like it's just nag your mind and it just can't be, it can't be real. And then thinking, oh man, Sunday's coming. What in the world do you do? What do you say? So the Lord actually, and this is weird stuff, just so you know, but I'm just being straight with you this morning. The Lord was like, I don't want you to plan much. I don't want you to plan much. Don't get all up in your head about theology in these moments, right? But then the Lord gave me three things. He said, I want you to just remember who I am. I also want you to remember the reality of death for a Christian. It's not a hopeless thing. And then it was like God just gave me a few practicals. Like, here's a few things that you guys just be about throughout this week. So I hope this is in some sense comforting. I don't expect to go long. Um, but I, I do want to get to a few texts that would just give us focused attention on first who our God is when considering the reality of death and then just a few practicals. And then we'll end our time. Um, we may end our time with actually another song that Steve really liked. Uh, when we went on our uh, Puerto Rico trip, Friday, Friday night, it was Jody and I are just laying in bed. We're looking through the, the pictures, and up pops a video, and it's I Raise a Hallelujah by Bethel Music, you know. <laughs> and man, there's Steve sitting back in this chair with the drum that had been sitting down in the basement, you know, wh who knows where that came from, you know, and he pulls that thing out, man, he's trying to keep a beat on that thing as we're just singing praises uh, to God. Just a beautiful thing. So, um, you know, we're, man, we're, we're crying through it on Friday night watching those videos. Um, but herein is where God's just saying, I, I want your focus on me. Don't lose focus of me. So Isaiah chapter 40, verse 27 through 31, a familiar text. And I don't know if for church folks you realize, but we go to this text quite a bit when there's struggle and difficulty. Um, this is just one of the texts that God just was like, hey, man, keep this in front of you as a pastor. Because again, what, what it gets at is God's people are in a tough place. It seems as though the promises of God are on their heads. Everything is backward to what God seemingly has promised. You know, even for us, we have the ideas of what, how life should go. 
And when life doesn't go that particular way, we sit back and say, well, God must have messed up. God must have not had, you know, my good in mind. But he does, right? Our, our focus isn't to be ultimately on our dreams and our hopes. God says, no, focus into me. Remember who I am. So verse 27, and I'm just going to read through this and make comments as we read through it. It says, why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel? This is God's people, Jacob, Israel, God's people. They are saying this, my way is hidden from the Lord. Like God doesn't see me. He's not realizing what I'm going through in these moments. This is what God's people are saying. And they're saying, and my right is disregarded by my God. It's like a courtroom setting where it's like, I've brought my case to God and God's not hearing me. The prophet is saying, why are you saying that? <laughs> Verse 28, have you not known have you not heard the Lord, Yahweh, capital L-O-R-D? Have you not known, have you not heard the Yahweh, the one who is the great I am, the one who is self-sufficient and self-existent? As we've said before, he doesn't depend upon anything. And all things, life and breath, depend upon him. He is Yahweh, the one who stands above all. But the beauty of this is all the promises that God has made to his people are founded upon this name. In other words, God, there's nothing that's going to get in the way of God accomplishing his purposes and fulfilling his promises to his people. This is who Yahweh is. He is the Lord, but then he is the everlasting God. He has no beginning. He has no end. Grace for youth, we say he has no birthday, right? He was never born, as it were, in eternity past. He has always been. And here's the hope of that reality. The everlasting God gives us hope in the sense that he is not bound by time and circumstance. He's not sitting back saying, oh no, what has happened this past week? He knows. He's the everlasting God. He stands beyond time. He holds circumstance in his hand. He is the Lord, the Almighty One, though the self-existent God, right? But he is also the everlasting God. He stands over time. He holds time and circumstance in his hand. He is the Lord. He is the everlasting God. He is the Creator of the ends of the earth. In other words, all things, all things have been made by him. There has not been anything made that is in existence here and now that he himself did not create. He is the creator. He is the one who spoke the world into existence. He is the one who holds all of existence and sustains it by the word of his power. This is the creator God. Even earlier in chapter 40, it's the, it's the prophet who is saying, oh, this creator God, he has measured the waters, the oceans in his hand. He has marked off the heavens with a span. There, there is nothing too great for him. He is the creator of all things. He holds even life in his 
hand. He is Yahweh. He is the everlasting God. He is the creator of the ends of the, the ends of the earth. And verse 28, he does not grow faint or weary. Thank God. <laughs> right? This past week, how many times? How many times were you at the end of yourself? I hope this is okay to say, but standing in standing over Steve's body. You feel your limitations. Feel your limitations. Life is so fragile, so fragile, and it is so good to know that there is a God who is not limited or fragile or frail. He doesn't grow faint or weary. He has no moments of exhaustion. He has no moments of, oh, this is just getting a little too tough for me. He has no, you know, mental days off, for instance. <laughs> it's like the new thing these days. <laughs> Just take a mental day off. God never has to do that. He never has to do that. He's always, oh, thank you so much. He's always engaged. He's not growing faint or weary. His understanding is unsearchable. Folks, I don't know about you. The why question, I can't get my mind around this. This doesn't seem to be reality. I don't get it. His understanding is unsearchable. God gets it. God gets it. And he knows all the ins and outs. He's, he, he has this all in his perfect good purposes. I don't get that. Those two don't equate to me, good purposes and what we face this past week. But God knows his understanding is unsearchable. As the God who is Yahweh, as the one who is the everlasting God, as the one who is the creator of the ends of the earth, as the one who does not grow faint or weary, as the one whose understanding is unsearchable, check this out. This is his character. This is his unwavering heart towards us. Verse 29, he gives power to the faint. That is who he is. And to him who has no might, he increases strength. That's the God I need. Not just a God who can flex his muscles. Not just the God who's bigger than all of this. But a God who's willing to step into this stuff. And to actually give hope and strength and peace through it all. That's who he is. That's part of his character. For him to deny this is for him to deny his divinity, his godness. It's for him to no longer be God. He must. 
he must and he will, because it's who he is, give power to the faint. And the promise is, the promise then is this, that even youths, even those in their prime, will faint and be weary. The text says, young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for this Lord, they will renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. What is it to wait on the Lord? I hate it. <laughs> I, hate, I hate waiting. You know, the promise is we're going to see Jesus face to face. Steve gets that promise already. <laughs> and we're still waiting. We're still waiting. As, as Millie said, he's already graduated. That's not fair. He gets to graduate before I do, you know? It's so true. It's so true. So, what is it to wait? I don't like waiting. But waiting is not just like sitting back in cynicism and, uh, where's our God at? Waiting is that humility of saying, God, you are all this for me. You are the Lord. You are the everlasting God. You are the creator of the ends of the earth. You don't grow faint. Your understanding is unsearchable, and you give power to me. So in the waiting, I will depend upon you. I will simply depend upon you. All my big questions that my head will never get around, I put them at your feet. All the questions of how the future is going to work out for me here, I, I put them at your feet. All my great fears that arise from these kind of moments, I lay them at your feet. I wait on you. Waiting is an act of dependence, right? I'm going to depend upon God until God acts for me. Know this. Has God acted? Has he acted? Yes. <laughs> Let it be. Yes. God has come. Jesus, that's Christmas for crying out loud. God has come. Jesus with us. Emmanuel, right? Peace on earth. Oh, all the benefits now that, that are ours have come in Christ, right? Christ has come. He's lived for us. He's died for us. He's been raised for us, right? God has acted. In the interim, until God acts again and Jesus come again, is God like now not acting anymore? What, what's the song that we sang, right? Just there is a Redeemer. We, we're thanking the Father for giving us the Son and sending His Spirit to be with us, to be our comfort, to be our strength, to be everything we need until Jesus comes again, right? God it hasn't just acted. He is acting among His people by His Spirit, and one day He will act again. He will split the sky. He will come. All the dead in Christ will be raised. All things will be made new. So we don't wait hopelessly. <laughs> we wait because we've seen God act. We wait because, oh yeah, God is in the process of acting. Oh, and we wait 
because one day God's going to act again. And Jesus will come to wipe every tear from our eyes. God says, remember me. When things are tough, when things are backwards, when things are difficult, remember who I am. I also think God wants us to remember what death is for a Christian. What is death for a Christian? Just very quickly, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, so you're going New Testament now, jumping across Scripture a bit. And this just briefly, I just want to touch on this briefly. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Paul says in verse 6, this is amazing. Paul's gone through all kinds of disappointments and trials and tragedies, and he's talking about all the hardships that he's, that he's faced in his ministry. And then he says, so strangely, he says, verse 6, so we, with all the trials and tragedies, we are always of good courage. Uh, what, Paul? <laughs> Why? He says, we know that while we are at home in the body, this body, we are away from the Lord. We don't see him face to face. For we walk by faith in the body, not by sight. Yes, we are of good courage, and we would rather be away from the body so that we might be at home with the Lord. But he says, whether we're at home or away, we make it our aim to please him. What is Paul saying? Paul is simply saying this. For the Christian, <laughs> it is a joy on this earth to live by faith, pleasing the Father and all that we get to do here on earth. But then he's saying, to be away from this body, <laughs> it's good news. It is good news. It's not hopelessness. We get to be with Jesus. To be away from the body is to be present with the Lord. Man, the few times in my life where I feel like the Lord just kind of unveiled his glory, those were undoing moments. It, it, it's the idea of God, you've got to stay your hand, you've got to stay your prayer because it's too much. It's too much for you to just reveal yourself. It's like Moses, you know, like, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hide you in the cleft of the rock and turn you backwards, and I'm just going to have my glory pass by, because you can't handle it. To be away from this body is to be able <laughs> to encounter that glory. In all of its beauty and all of its wonder, and eternity, eternity itself will never grow dim. You will always be exploring the glorious facets of our living. Right now, we live by faith. But I just, man, I can't get over the fact. Right now, <laughs> Steve sees the glory of the Lord. He sees it. It's not faith for him anymore. It's sight. It's one of the reasons then that we are to sing. Because <laughs> we're joining him, right, by faith in what he already knows. <laughs> he sees it. Folks, this is the reality 
of death for the Christian. We know that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. There is hope. And folks, as 1 Corinthians 15 would say, uh, even what is perishable will be brought back imperishable. The body, yes, will go into the ground, but one day in Jesus' return, all the dead in Christ will be raised. We will be glorified with him, and then we will be able to say, death does not have any teeth, right? It has no sting. Why? Because Christ has become our victor. He is the one that we take hope in. This is death for the Christian. It is not hopeless. It is hard, but it is not hopeless. Now, finally, here's what I think the Lord gave me for this morning. There are a few um, things that we can do then practically. How do we walk this? What do we do? You know? I think on one hand, we mourn. As I thought about it, it's like, Church is, as Paul says, like a body, right? But you lose a part of it. I love that idea. There's a handful of times Steve would get off at work early. And I would hear the pound at the door. And it was just... would want to come in and say hi. <laughs> What's happening? What you guys doing today? We, can we start doing any work down in the basement? You know? oh, just ready to keep rolling, man. But what a joy. And those are times I'm going to miss, man. Those, those moments where you just show up. And in a real way, that's part of mourning the loss of a of a family member, a, a part of the body, as it were. Man, it's going to hurt. And it's right to mourn. It's right to mourn our loss. We mourn, but second, we praise our God. We praise Him. We praise Him. Through this, I was talking to Tim and Shannon earlier. I don't know if you guys know, but you know Tim had lost his mom just not too long ago. Tim was saying, like, Part of this is like, I, I gotta, I gotta praise him until I get the breakthrough, right? I gotta praise him through this pain. And so, yes, we mourn, we mourn, but we also praise our God. We honor Steve best by celebrating his Savior. That's what we do. We honor him by celebrating the Savior. So we mourn our loss. We praise our God. We support the family. Maybe that support is tangible. Maybe that support is never heard and felt physically, but you're interceding. You're praying for them. Praying for the kids. Praying for the kids. So we mourn our loss, we praise our God, we support the family, but finally, 
don't waste this. Don't waste it. Ecclesiastes says it's better to go to a house of mourning than to go to a house of feasting. Why? Because we all, we all live in this brevity of life. It's a good thing to actually be confronted with the reality of limited life. It's here for a moment and gone. God says, it's good to consider that. Because you need to use your life now to invest into eternity. Don't waste your life. Don't waste it. Live for Jesus. And frankly, you know, I try to be careful at times. We're not getting too radical about living for Jesus. Right? There's carefulness, of course. Wisdom comes into play. But I think for the majority of us, we could probably use some radical living for Jesus. Right? Is your life really aligned with what ultimately Jesus is doing? If it's not, it's to take these moments and say, I want to reorient my life to things that actually matter. Because life is brief. I don't want to be that guy like Jesus says, you know, I got, I got a full barn, plenty. Now I just get to sit back. <laughs> take it easy. Fool, Jesus says. You're a fool. You're a fool. You're a fool to think that. But today, your soul has been required. Live for Jesus. Don't waste these moments. Remember who God is. Remember what death is. It's hard, but it's not hopeless, right? And also then, remember some of these more practical. Mourn, praise the Lord, support the family, and don't waste. Don't waste this time. Let's pray together. Father, once again, we want to thank you for the Son. Jesus, we, we praise your name for your incredible mercy, for your incredible kindness to us. Thank you that you don't only have us in life, but you hold us in death. Thank you, Jesus. You're not just a pipe dream. You're not just something that we religiously take some sort of sentiment in. Thank you, Jesus, that you are rock solid hope for us. And even now, I just, in Jesus' name, pray against all fear and unbelief, skepticism that would try to creep into our minds and into our hearts to undo the faith in Christ. Spirit of God, we pray that you would kind of surround us and, and then that you would ultimately then banish those thoughts of skepticism and unbelief and fear and that we would look to Jesus. Oh, give us eyes to see Jesus in his glory, in his beauty as the one 
who has been raised again from the dead as the first fruits of the new creation. Jesus, we look to you, we honor you. Be our hope, we pray, in life and in death. We honor you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. With our closing moments, this is going to get, um, you know, when you open the floor, it's like, oh no, what's going to happen? Uh, we got a few songs that we want to close our time in. But I also want to open up the mic. If you feel just kind of burdened to pray for the family, for the kids in any way, if there's a particular passage that's come to your mind throughout this morning, um, I'd encourage you to share it, right? Um, I'd ask you to be careful, right? These are tender times. But I think it's good for us to kind of just, God's put something on your heart to share, pray into it. And so as we go through these final two final songs, just come on forward, or maybe it's up at a break somewhere in between, so just shout it up from where you're at if you feel comfortable to, to do that. Cool? All right, we're all in this, family? All right, let's go ahead, stand.
every other name. Jesus, the only one who could ever see. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe, we live for you. to the Estrada family. Uh, Paul wrote to the Corinthians about having certain experiences that were very difficult and he gained great comfort from Christ in that and he learned that he had experienced these things so that he could turn around and give comfort to others and try to have some sense of hope, make some sense of th some things. My family's been struggling this year because of just senseless tragedies that we can't get our heads around, so I'm kind of feeling for you guys today. But just a conversation that I had with some members of my family last night that I, that I think will help you. 
in, in time will help you. None of this makes any sense. Don't try to let it make any sense. But I would encourage you to look back over time and through the grief and the pain and the difficulty, look back and God's going to enable you to see little things that he was doing just to kind of put things in place for you and prepare hearts. And I'm not trying to say that there's any going to be any answers here for you because I don't think anything can help in that way. But I want to encourage you to just see that in time, God's got his hands all over this. And that's going to be hard to see, but he does. He's got his hands all over this. I'll pray for you guys. Just that you'd see through a long period of time how God just might be up to something that's ultimately for his good. God, this is hard. Well, Lord, I just kind of ask you that you would come to this family and draw near to them. Help them to feel your presence in the midst of this difficulty. In the midst of great grief and pain, help them to rejoice in the fact that you prepared Steve for this moment. You got him ready for this. Lord, I pray that you would allow all of us through grief and suffering and trial to just see the ways that this hasn't escaped your control. This is not out of your hands. This didn't catch you by surprise. But instead, your fingerprints are graciously somehow on this. And you're going to work to your glory. Lord, that's a, such a hard thing for us to understand. But God, I know that by your grace and your mercy, you can help all of us, but especially Steve's family, to work through that and experience that. God, pour your love on them and draw them near to you. Just give the grace that all, the grace and help that only comes from your presence. Let me ask you that in Jesus' name. Amen. We love you guys. As I'm grieving, I'm weeping with y'all. Um, Psalm 56, a little bit of it came to mind. Um, I'm going to echo what Tom said. Um, this isn't a word to make sense of or to, to explain. Um, this is a word of what our, what our God is like when we're like this. Right? When, we, when we brush with sin, with the devil, and with death. I think of those as like the big three, <laughs> and and that's where we're at um, right now. And so this is the this is what God does when the, those enemies come to our doorstep. Psalm fifty six says, "You have kept count of my tossings, put my tears in your bottle. Are they not in your book? Then my enemies will turn back in the day when I call. This I know that God is for me." In God, whose word I praise, in the Lord, whose word I praise. Our word. In God I trust, I shall not be afraid. What can man do to me? What can death do to me? So we must perform our vows to you, O God. Render the thank offering to you 
for you have delivered our souls from death. Yes, our feet from falling, that we may walk before God in the light of life. God, it's a simple prayer. Would you help us to walk before you in the light of life? Help us to know that, Jesus, you walk right there with us. In fact, we walk the path that you, you did. So thank you for your love. Thank you that you're with us. You don't miss a tear. You don't miss a sleepless night. You're with us in the midst of it. God, show your kindness and your comfort. In Jesus' name. So this uh, this song, it came on yesterday, and Emily, you and EJ came right to mind, and Steve, I'm gonna try this. Um, this is Seas of Crimson from Bethel Music, but um, for every curse, you're the cure. For every sickness, you're the healer. For every storm, you're the calm. For all that's lost, oh, what a savior. On that cross of Calvary, every burden has been defeated, every wretched heart redeemed. You drown our sins in seas of crimson. Hallelujah. Death is beaten. Christ has risen from the grave. Hallelujah. It is finished. All to you, the highest praise. On that day of utmost glory, all of darkness cannot carry. Every shackle will come undone. My solid rock, thine is the kingdom. Where there, is your, where there was sin, your love rushed in. Where, your sin, where sin runs deep, your grace runs deeper. Hallelujah, death is beaten. Christ is risen from the grave. Um, dear God, we, yeah, we do want to praise you. Because that was your plan, that was, you've done that, you have finished it, it has been accomplished. So we do, we thank you, Jesus, we thank you for coming to this earth, we thank you for going to that cross, we thank you, we thank you for beating death for us, for this family. God, in you, you are a rock, you are a solid, firm foundation. Father, we need you. The family Estrada family needs you. Our church family needs you, God. We wish this didn't happen. Lord, but you are still good. And we need you to help us. We need you to help us say that and, and sing your praises because you are still good. You don't change. Father, so we do. We, we just thank you. Thank you for the hope we have in you. Thank you for your steadfastness. May you're just your overwhelming comfort and peace come. Be so real and tangible, I pray. Thank you. In Jesus' name.
So Steve was my cousin in love. He was married to my cousin Emily, father to EJ, my little cousin. Christmas trees in heaven. I rejoice with the angels in heaven that one so faithful has transitioned to his eternal home. What a young man full of life and laughter. His laughter made me laugh out loud, and you know that I do that very well and directly from the diaphragm. Faithful to the end to his wife Emily and my loving cousin and EJ, his mini doppelganger. <laughs> Our hearts are heavy, confused, speechless, and downright grief-stricken because a man so young would be taken from us way, way too soon. However, we must be sober and realistic that this could have been any one of us at any given moment here in Philly. God chose Steve because maybe he needed Steve to gather up and prepare heavenly Christmas trees. <laughs> he sold and loved handling Christmas trees every season on Frankfurt Avenue. I truly do not know what life will look like for the next weeks as we say our goodbyes to the body that once held Stephen. Because to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Steve, you made it to Jesus' feet before us. See you, bro. See you soon. For now, the Christmas trees look mighty beautiful, man. You went to work fast, just like you always did here. Welcome home, thy good and faithful servant. Welcome home. We're going to sing this song because this was an anthem of Steve. And uh, we, we haven't sung it in church together. Um, but the key of this song is us singing it together louder and louder and louder. Um, he liked it that way. Yes. So you, may, you probably know it. If you don't, still sing it anyway. Hallelujah In the presence of my enemies I raise a hallelujah Louder than the unbelief I raise a hallelujah My weapon is a melody. I raise a hallelujah. Heaven comes to fight for me. I'm gonna sing in the middle of 
mentioned I lost <laughs> lost my mom last month <laughs> so it's tough right this life is tough uh one of the scriptures that her and my dad, who I lost in, in, as a teenager, is Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength, 
a very present help in trouble. <laughs> Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling, I'm going to throw in there, though we lose our loved ones far too early. We will not fear, right? God is our refuge and strength. There's a leading up to my mom's passing and after there's been pretty much two songs that I kind of just keep repeating and like Dan said one was trying to sing through the till my breakthrough right it's another one's a song by Hillsong called Highlands so I'm gonna read some of the words here the lyrics Oh, how high would I climb mountains if the mountains were where you hide? How far I'd scale the valleys if you grace the other side? How long have I chased rivers from lowly seas to where they rise? Against the rush of grace descending from the source of its supply. So in the highlands and in the heartache, God, you're neither more or less inclined. I would search and stop at nothing. You're just not that hard to find. So I'll praise you on the mountain. I'm going to praise you when the mountain is in my way. Near the summit where my feet are, so I'll praise you in the valleys all the same. <laughs> this is a good promise here. You're no less God within the shadows. <laughs> you are no less faithful when the night leads me astray. <sighs> You're the heaven where my heart is in the highlands and the heartache all the same. So who could dare ascend that mountain, that valleyed hill called Calvary, but for the one I call Good Shepherd, who like a lamb was slain for me. So whatever I walk through, wherever I am, your name can move mountains wherever I stand. And if, and if ever I walk through the valley of death, I'll sing through the shadows my song of ascent. From the gravest of all valleys comes the pastures we call grace, a mighty river flowing upwards from a deep but empty grave. Going back to Psalm 46, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations 
I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. So, Father, we pray and often we don't know how in these type of situations in the heartache in the valleys in the shadows you've told us you're a refuge in our strength father that is what we need Father, help us to be still and know that you are God, a God that we can sing and worship because we trust you, because where else would our trust lie? So as it's already been said over the next few weeks, months, years, However long it takes for you to come back, Father, we will continue to be here. We will continue in the struggle. We will continue to look to trust. We will sing until we get to our breakthrough where our song becomes a triumph, God. Even so, come Lord Jesus.